You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. We've heard it before in countless sci-fi movies and TV shows. They're docking with us. Oh no, get security down to the airlock. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for February 3rd. And maybe it's time to ask ourselves if this scenario is really all that threatening. I mean, it might be more of a danger to whoever is doing the docking. Let's get the real-life stuff out of the way first. Docking to spacecraft is a complicated thing. The two vehicles in question have to be moving at more or less the same speed, and obviously traveling in the same direction. Or the end result isn't so much a docking, but more like what you'd call a collision. That's a really bad thing to have happen in space. So, speed has to be matched, rotation has to be matched, and everything has to be lined up just right. And that's assuming the two vehicles have been tracking each other and making adjustments to meet up in space. Fortunately, computers and automated systems are really good at the rendezvous part. The Russian space program began conducting mostly automated docking between space station modules and resupply ships in the 1970s, expertise that benefits the International Space Station even today. That system involves radar detection, and this is kind of the important part, assumes that you have two spacecraft who want to dock. Both of the near disasters experienced by the crew of the Mir space station in the 90s happened under manual control, not computer autopilot. On this day in 1995, the space shuttle Discovery lifted off for a historic rendezvous with the Russian Mir space station, the first meetup of Russian and American spacecraft since the 1970s. Through careful coordination between mission controllers in both countries and some navigational equipment developed for this occasion, Discovery closed to within 11 meters of Mir, but it still couldn't dock. Find out why in a moment. Space Shuttle Discovery was able to maneuver within mere feet of the Mir space station, but this was basically just a practice run. As Hall and Oates might have said, they were so close, and yet so far away. Discovery had no docking apparatus. That airlock wouldn't fly until June of 1995 aboard the shuttle Atlantis, and it had originally been built by Russian engineers to be flown aboard the abandoned Soviet-era space shuttle Buran. Its hardware owed a lot to the docking module flown on the 1975 Apollo-Soyuz mission. Which brings us to another really important part of docking to spacecraft. For the 1975 mission, crews visiting the other spacecraft couldn't just open all the hatches at the same time. The two countries' space programs pressurized their spacecraft to different levels of air pressure, and different mixtures of oxygen and nitrogen. Crew members wishing to visit the other vehicle would have to go into the docking module's airlock, close both hatches, and very gradually begin to change the atmosphere in the airlock to match the other spacecraft. Skipping this step would make it far likelier for them to suffer the bends, a condition already known to deep-sea divers who surface too quickly, causing rapid decompression. Nitrogen dissolved into the bloodstream would blossom into bubbles in internal organs and tissues, a painful, hazardous, and potentially fatal condition. If there isn't careful coordination and advanced knowledge of another spacecraft's atmosphere, an unplanned docking would be incredibly hazardous to those doing the boarding. And this assumes the two atmospheres are even remotely similar. But as a famous show intro said, it's just a show, we should really just relax. 
Now that Sci-Fi 5 has loaded you down with all of this technical information, you can either take it on board and chuckle ruefully every time space pirates or other bad guys board a ship by docking with it unexpectedly, or you can recognize it as the sci-fi version of the timeless trope of much more earthly pirates pulling alongside a ship and putting out the gangplanks. Arrgh! This has been five minutes of perhaps unnecessarily technical science fiction history, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for February 3rd. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.